I think a lot of times people are serving God for the promise and they ain't not loving God. And so, so we come to God with love for God and then we learn about his promises, but now don't let those promises be what keeps you there. Listen, I don't tithe because he said he'd open up the windows of heaven, pour me out a blessing and there's not room enough to receive it. Why? Because the first time it don't look like them windows open, what am I going to do? I'm going to quit tithing. There's nothing keeping me there other than a selfishness motive. A motive out, out of selfishness. I don't tithe because he said the windows of heaven be open. I tithe because he said to. And I respect him. I honor him. If I never got a harvest. See, I'm not just trying to preach to you about things and that, that spiritual and all that. Listen, if I never got a harvest myself. If God just decided, you know what? No more harvest. <laughs> I need to be able to still be in the right frame of mind that I would still do what he said to do. Right here in this book. I don't know if you're going to do your part, but I'm going to do mine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I know you are doing your part. It just might not look like it, and I walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. And Galatians 6, 9, it says, do not grow weary in well-doing. Why would a person grow weary in doing well? And, by the way, that's speaking about, about giving to those that speak into your life, the authorities and the teachers that God has brought into your life. Why would a person grow weary in their giving, in their generosity towards those that speak into their lives? Because it doesn't look like they're getting what they're being taught that they should receive. But that's a test, and it comes to all of us. There's going to be seasons of your life where it don't look like it's working. There's going to be seasons of your life where it don't look like it's working. And just because it don't look like it's working don't mean what you heard taught was wrong. It's because God wants to know if you got a backbone or a cotton string. Come on. Are you doing this out of selfish? That's the reason why there's a seed time and there's the meantime and the harvest time. You know, in the meantime, that's the mean. That's when thing, thing, that, that's when it's not nice. I like to say seed time, meantime, <laughs> and harvest time. The reason why there's a meantime is because God is seeing what you're made of. Why did you sow your seed? See, in the, what is the book of James, it says, um, you know, we have not because we ask not. And then it says, um, we also have not because we ask amiss. Asking amiss doesn't mean you're asking for the wrong things necessarily. It could mean that you're asking for it for the wrong reasons. Is it a sin to ask God to increase your finances? No. The way, you, the way or the motive you're asking for finances, could that be wrong? Yeah. So you have not because you ask amiss. If you ever want to know why people don't receive harvest, it's because they're asking amiss. They might know what the promise says, but it's their motive for wanting it that keeps them from receiving it. Now, F.F. Bosworth, he wrote the, the great classic book on Christ the healer, and he said this, if you want what God wants... For the same reasons he wants it, you're invincible. If you want what God wants, for the same reasons that he wants it, you're invincible. I quoted to you Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not be weary in well-doing. <clears throat> it goes on to say, in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Does whether or not I reap a harvest, who does that have to do with God or me? It has to do with us, right? Me. It says, we shall reap if we faint not. Whose job is it to see to it we don't faint? God's job or my job? Yeah. It's our job, right? All right? So there's something I can do 
to guarantee I reap a harvest. And um, then, there in Proverbs 10, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish and self-confident son is the grief of his mother. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing. We've been talking about that, haven't we? Treasures and money don't necessarily mean it's fruit. Okay? But the treasures of the wickedness, or that were gained through wickedness, profits nothing. Uh, But righteousness, moral and spiritual rectitude in every area and relation, delivers from death. I I took the kids to go see the movie Pan and... um, I don't know if it was any relation or whatever, but Caitlin was saying, you know, um, you don't have to have a lot of things to be blessed. And Keith said, yeah, all you need is a good old daddy and mama. (laughs) And then he said, and a good Bible. (laughs) And I mean, man, that is so true. I mean, if you got a good old daddy and mama and you got a good Bible, you can get everything else you need (laughs) from that. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. And so, uh, It says, the treasures of wickedness profit nothing but righteousness, moral and spiritual rectitude in every area and relation delivers from death. The Lord will not allow the uncompromisingly righteous to famish, but he thwarts the desire of the wicked. So listen, this is a promise of prosperity here. David said something similar. He said, said, I have been young and now I'm old and I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. That's him or his children, his seed being his children. He said, not only am I not going to suffer lack, but my children are not going to suffer lack because of my righteous living. That's a motivation to live right for God and to step it up, isn't it? I mean, you know, we do, we go to great lengths to see to it that our kids do better than we do or have, right? Well, the Bible says right here that, that the, uh, the uncompromisingly righteous, he will not allow to famish. But he thwarts the desire of the wicked. And, uh, and then like David said, he said, I've not yet seen the righteous forsaken. That would have been himself. Nor his seed or his offspring, his children begging for bread. Amen. Glory to God. God even promises a blessing of increase and prosperity for our grandchildren. Amen. It says that a, a good man lays up an inheritance for his children's children. Amen. The willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. Amen? And so uh, let me finish reading here and we'll, we'll find a place to wrap this up. He, he becomes poor who works with a slack and idle hand. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. The hand of the diligent makes what? You could look that up in the Greek and I guarantee you it means rich. And then look at verse 5. Here's some keys to harvest. All right. He who gathers in the summer is a wise son. Is there a time to gather? Is there a time to gather? Okay, then that also means there's a time not to gather, right? Uh, we, we're told in Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time to sow. And it's a time to pluck up that which was sown. So you got to know what time frame you're in. People get discouraged. They cave in and quit and grow weary and faint. And never receive the harvest because they're looking for a harvest and sowing season. Or they missed their sowing season and now it's reaping season and wondering why they didn't get a harvest. Well, I just thought it was the grace of God. Well, no, the grace of God teaches you something. <laughs> and so uh, you're not going to get it just because grace wants you to have it. You're going to have to do what grace teaches. 
The fact is, the people that have what God wants them to have are the people that do what God says to do. The cons- he will not allow the consistently righteous to be forsaken, nor his seed begging bread, nor will he allow the uncompromisingly righteous to famish, but he thwarts the desires of the wicked. Proverbs 10.3 So, verse 5, he who gathers in the summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Why? Because he's not going to reap no harvest, and it's going to cause shame to the father. It it, it makes people think, did his father teach him what he should have taught him? That's why it causes shame, because it makes your teacher look bad. Amen. And so, it's not always the parent's fault. It never said that they wouldn't do stupid stuff. It just says that if you'll, if you'll train them up as you should, that they will um, never depart from it. They'll always have that in their heart, knowing this is wrong. And then the Holy Spirit will be able to talk to them clearly and to help get them pointed in the right direction. Amen? Proverbs 22, train up a child as, as they sh- in, in the way that they should go, and it says when they're old, they will not depart from it. Um, religion has totally messed that verse up. Because religion has said and taught us that this verse meant that though your children run from God, what's going to happen when they're old? They're going to come back to him. That's not what he said. Aren't you glad you came to church today? You learned something today, (laughs) you know? It says when he's old, he won't depart from it. That means when he's young, he won't. And when he's old, he won't. He's saying this ain't just a little temporary, you know, uh, uh, excitement he's experiencing. But if you train up a child in the way that they should go, how do I know they're going to stay there when they're little? Because I'm making them. (laughs) People say, I don't make my daughter come to church. If she wants to sleep in Sunday morning, I just let her make her whole mind. No, ma'am. You're in this house, you're going to serve the Lord. See, when, when in the Bible where it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He was saying, now, whether you knew that or not, <laughs> now you know. As for me and my house, say my house. Say my house, my rules. My house, my rules. So how do I know my kids are going to serve, the God, serve God when they're young? Because I'm going to make them. I'm going to make them because I love them. Amen. And I can't expect them to do what's right if I don't make them do what's right when they're at home. They're going to keep doing what you kept letting them do. Man, God promises us so much. We have such a mighty covenant. He doesn't just say before they die, they'll come back to me for all kinds of loss and tragedy and trouble and trial, unnecessary trial. But before they breathe their last breath, I promise you, they'll come back. You know, I heard it said this way that, uh, you know, how effective children's ministry is. And that's why we love children's ministry. We love doing children's outreach at our church is, is um, because uh, I think it was Reinhard Bonnke said this. He said, if you save an old person, you save a soul. And that's important. He said, if you save an old person, you save a soul. But if you save a young person, you save both a life and a soul. See, Jesus is interested in about our life. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, we're just going to have to stop right there. Because if I did, there was nowhere else I could stop anywhere soon. Praise God. Lord, we just thank you. Lift your hands right now to the Lord.
Thank you, Lord. I just hear the Lord saying this right now. All he wants is you right where you're at. All he wants is you right where you're at. He doesn't want you to become something else, something more, uh, something different before you can come to him. All he wants is you right now where you're at. Right where you're at. Come as you are, he says to me. All ye who labor and are heavy laden. And he said, I will give you rest. In your heart right now, just, you can just say to the Lord, whether either with your mouth or just in your heart, and just say, Lord, I come to you now, just as I am, without one plea. Lord, but that thy blood was shed for me. Thank you for the blood. I come to you on the basis of the blood. It's the blood of Jesus plus nothing, minus nothing. I come to you alone, helpless in myself, receiving your help, just as I am. Help me this week. Holy Spirit, make yourself real to me this week. Speak and move strong in my life. Show me the way to go. Habits that have been hard for me to change. By the Spirit, strengthen me to have those desires changed and those habits removed. Let them drop off. Thank you, Lord. I believe it's getting better. I believe this week will be like no other week. I've had in a long time. I will enjoy restored fellowship with you, Father. In Jesus' name.